it is it's another episode of the three in one podcast joining us from cleveland ohio give it up for international ian lamont morgan bless you bless you (laughs) and the thermostat himself you'll know what temperature it is by his intro from cincinnati ohio Keith Turner Jr. Thermostat, Malcolm. Good Lord, man. Uh, what is up, everybody? Hopefully, everyone had a great weekend. Um, listen, there's no news on the Bengals, so I don't have much to, much else to say yet. So yeah. <laughs> and here in the capital city, it's your boy Malcolm Morgan. Welcome to the show, guys. How's everybody doing today? We're good. Feeling amazing. I feel like I feel like hot grease. If you throw water on me, I pop. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, wow. okay. That is something. <laughs> that is something. You know what? I I don't hear the hate. I don't hear the hate. <laughs> well, let's get right into it. We're going to talk about some NFL. We're going to talk about some college football. We're going to talk about a little bit of NBA. We got a lot of things to cover today, so let's get started with the playoff games from this past weekend. The Kansas City Chiefs started, not started off, but our first game we're talking about is the Chiefs beating the Colts. I see we have some uh, deep breathing. We'll talk about picks after we go through all the games. That's great. Um, That's, that's wonderful. But um, you guys know my policy, so you guys know how I picked this game. So guys, your impressions on this big Chiefs victory. Um. Well, thanks for starting us off here, Malcolm. You really know how to uh, set us off on a high note. Um, <laughs> um, no, 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 no. This game was uh, it was really, really interesting to watch. Um, for a couple reasons. Uh, this equation: Patrick Mahomes um, plays decent, but not super well. Uh. Travis Kelsey racks up yardage, doesn't score. Tyreek Hill doesn't score. Sammy Watkins doesn't score. Uh, nobody has receiving touchdowns. You would not think, if I told you that that was the reality in this game, you yeah. would not think that Kansas City would have came out of this game 31-13. But yeah. that's exactly what happened. Um, just, you know, really strong showing by Damian Williams. Strong shout-out. Boomer Sooner. Uh I told you guys about <laughs> yeah. him anyways. Didn't I tell you? I told you, man. You know what? You you, you, you mentioned him. I, I, I got to give it to you. And I'm sorry, Tyreek Hill did score, but not receiving. Correct. Um, rushing, but, yeah. but, yeah, I mean. I was going to let you rock. But. I mean, the, 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 the story the story here, Andrew Luck just laid an egg. Um, and I know, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Statistically and by actual play, uh, it was just poor. <laughs> he had about four or five balls batted down. Uh, which just means he was not on his A game, you know, get, releasing the ball. Uh, uh, he wasn't throwing the ball with intention. They were wobbly. There were, uh, there was not a lot, a lot of strength, you know, put into these throws. I think his QBR was like eighteen or something. Um, yeah, it was, it was poor. It was very, very poor. Uh, the entire effort by the Colts was poor, and it was sad to see because you know I had high hopes for him, but. Yeah, um, yeah. Chiefs move on. I think I might just join Malcolm in the welcome. 
in, in the in the club of exclusively not picking against the Kansas City Chiefs because yeah, if they can win like this, they can. They're it's scary. Yeah, I mean they they did it honestly. They did it defensively too. Um, yeah, their yeah, defense man. set up their offense a lot. Uh, I mean the Colts were zero for nine on third down. Uh, I mean now the Chiefs weren't Pitiful. very good. They weren't very good either. I mean they were four fourteen. Um, but I mean the Chiefs ran twenty five more plays. They had twenty nine first down versus the Colts fifteen. Um, they couldn't get. Um, I don't know why his first name is escaping me. Oh, Marlon Mack. Yes. Uh, they mm-hmm. couldn't get him going at all um, because he didn't show up as well. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, the the line was not blocking well either. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was just domination, you know. Um, I mean, yeah. I think the only bright spot for the Colts is they have something special in Darius Leonard. That dude is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He had what fourteen tack total tackles. Um, he has an eye on the ball. It's just, you know, no one else showed up for their defense. And so that's why he had to make 14 tackles. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, I told everyone um, a few a few weeks into the <clears throat> um, last few weeks of the regular season that Damian Williams was going to show up. He helped me win my fantasy. And <laughs> my goodness. Um, and <laughs> I'm a huge believer. I mean, he's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, and he like for him to be the size he is, he runs with power. He's not afraid. Um, so even though he's not Kareem Hunt, he's a very good replacement. And as long as they keep him active, the Chiefs are going to be very tough to beat. So, yeah, I mean, bad, bad, bad. Oh, and the Colts were 0, 0 for 2 in the red zone. That's not going to win you the game either. Um, so just wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, does it look like the Chiefs took any hits? By losing Kareem Hunt in this playoff game. Oh, my goodness. Um, Again. Good Lord. They're indeed still kicking. Man. They are still kicking. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No surprise here. I I think the Chiefs are clearly the the more talented team. Um, A little surprised that it was the defense that really just was able to control the Colts. But the Colts really just lack... Um, multiple playmakers. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton is, is a solid receiver. Eric Ebron has been big for them. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, there's really no real threats on this team that, that really scare teams. Um, now, moving forward with this Colts team, if they can add a player like a Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell or, yeah, absolutely. or a, another playmaker on the outside, then uh, you can really maximize Andrew Luck's talent. And they have to upgrade their offensive line as well. A. To B. make sure that look has time. Antonio Brown may be on that um, market. <laughs> oh, we will talk about oh, A.B. Man. in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we might even talk about the other A.B., a.k.a. home team. No, no, we're um, not talking about Adrian Broner. <laughs> no, we are not. No. <laughs> Such a hater. Come on, you got to respect the champ. Malcolm, didn't you say um, in your own words, you said it's hard to root for A.B. when you watch his videos. You know it. Well, that was a private conversation, not for podcast <laughs> consumption, but thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Just saying. Throwing it out there. <laughs> oh, Appreciate the, t- the tension that you have now ruined on uh, this podcast. <laughs> shout out to both ABs. Um, no, but yeah, I would no love to see. Out. I would love to see the Colts get a couple more playmakers and some offensive line upgrades because Andrew Luck really carried this team all year long. They had no business being in the playoff race. Um, they really took advantage of opportunity when the Jaguars just really fell apart this year, yep. um, especially with the play of Blake Bortles. 
Um, and, you know, looking forward in that division, even, that's going to be a, a tough division moving Texans. forward. Um, if you got the Texans. Jaguars are going to be looking for a quarterback to help, um, you know, keep them up near the front. And, and the Titans have been tough with Derrick Henry. Um, yep. Marcus Mariota has been looking good, and they've been drafting pretty well over the last few years. And that defense has gotten better. So that AFC South division as a whole is really good. And if Indianapolis can get a couple more key pieces, they could be a team to be reckoned with for, for a few more years to come. Agreed. Well, the other AFC game, um, the Patriots routed the San Diego Ooh. Chargers. Um Every time we count out the Patriots, they Every time. just find they just find a way to do it. So, what are you guys' impression of this and the performance by the Patriots? It was unbelievable. Let me tell you this much: I didn't even watch the game, and I didn't need to. All I seen was I kept getting alerts: touchdown, touchdown. T- their first four <laughs> possessions. I'm like, good lord, where's the Chargers' defense that we've seen the last few weeks that have shown up? Um, I mean, it was twenty. It was a twenty-one to zero second quarter that killed the Chargers. Um, and I was watching a few analysts, you know, a few former players break it down. And it's crazy because, you know, the Chargers did not blitz Brady at all. And he just mm. tore apart their their zone defenses and all their coverages, ripped them all apart. Julian Edelman had like over 150 yards. James White had a play. A, he tied a playoff record of 15 catches. Um, Jeez. But the Patriots blitzed the heck out of Rivers. And out of the pocket, Phillip Rivers completed zero passes, y'all. Zero, not of one, outside the pocket. So, you know, you got to credit Bill Belichick, that defense um, that really, you know, uh, showed up. I mean, they had almost 500 yards of offense. Sony Michelle had like three touchdowns. Uh, rushing, it was 155 yards to 19. Melvin mm. Gordon did absolutely nothing. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was really, really bad. Phillip Rivers had to throw the ball like 51 times. Um yeah, and the Chargers choked like we are used to. Um, too bad we, many of us, actually all of us, believe they can get the job done, and they just did not. So that's all I got. Yeah, I, I, I know you said we'll get to picks later. I, I picked the Chargers in this game, and after after thinking about it, I was like, why? Why did I do that? Because the Chargers have proved to be a perennial, and I believe we talked about this I could be mistaken. I think we talked about this last last year on the show at some point, but uh the Chargers are are I mean annually a disappointment. Um especially when they're good because they 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 pick their peak time to just start disappointing. Whether it's they have a strong start to the season and then they drop off or whatever the case mm-hmm. might be. Um they seem to always hit this wall. Uh, you know, Keith alluded to the, the to Melvin Gordon is is. I remember, um, you know, in his rookie year when he struggled, and a lot of folks did not know exactly kind of what he would amount to. Uh, then of course he found some success, and I, I mean, just seeing him, I'm sorry, just kind of revert back, uh, just to to I mean, extreme ineffectiveness on the nine carries for 15 yards. I I don't care about the touchdown. I mean. You mentioned Phillip Rivers having to throw 51 times and not completing half of them. It's just, you know, just just things that, that are that are just incredible to look at. The, the score does not reflect accurately how dominating this performance was by the Patriots. Not at all. Um, uh, both sides of the bar, ball, they were brilliant. 
Um, yeah. I, I can't say enough about Sonny Michelle. Don't know what got into him, uh, but, you know, he had a few games earlier in the season. He returned to that form. And once again, everybody who's in the playoffs is now shaking in their boots because if the Patriots are straight, if they saved their best for last, yep, then we may be seeing another appearance. And what can you say about 12? I mean, there's nothing else to say about 12 that hasn't already been said. Um, like like Malcolm said, as soon as we think they're down and out, you know, he he it's it's the underdog. Let's just always pick them to be the favorites. Cause as soon as they start getting underdog, that's when the dogs start coming out and they mm-hmm. they they destroy people and that's what they did. Yeah, it's not not too much else to add to that. Patriots are just they're like the Spurs, they're like LeBron James. They just they they just do what they do every year, no matter what happens. Uh, in the middle, they find a way at the end to make it count. Um, you know, Julie Edelman had a big game, 151 yards. You know, we talked about James White with the 15 catches, which is incredible. Um, the one thing they have to be a little concerned about is Gronkowski. They're going to need yeah. him to have a big game um, if they want to win, you know, next weekend Not and really. beyond. Not really. I think so. Nope. I think so. Um, I don't think... The Chargers are good, but they're they're not. I don't think their offense is at, of the same caliber of the uh, Rams, Saints, or Chiefs. Um, but we'll see. I don't really have anything else to add to that. So we'll move on to the NFC, where the Rams took out the Cowboys, ending another Cowboy season in disappointment. Um, where'd you guys? How'd you guys feel about this game? Uh, I mean, I I don't I don't have very much. Uh, I you know I was pretty convinced that they would win this ball game. Todd Gurley did what Todd, what we knew Todd Gurley was gonna do. C.J. Anderson, I I don't know if he has been praying to the the, the spirit of Jerome Bettis on, on the football field all week or or what. <laughs> um, but that man came and ate and ate well. And mm. Dallas, Dallas mm. did what Dallas did what we kind of expected Dallas to do. Unfortunately, so um, yeah, not surprised. On to the next one. Dallas is still Dallas. Uh, they are they are a very promising team. Let, let me be clear about that. But until they get some receiving help for Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott, who I don't care what anybody says, he was solid in this game he was he wasn't he wasn't incredibly Mm -hmm. you know impressive but uh he he was not the reason that they got beat as soundly as they did uh but some you know that that defense was going to struggle i knew they were going to struggle they've been solid at points in the year i did not know that they were going to give up uh 230 plus rushing yards um right um but uh, well, to those two backs, two hundred seventy. Anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. They, I, I left out a couple. Excuse me, L.A. Rams <laughs> fans, but uh, yeah, no surprise. Yeah, I mean the biggest, I, you know, the biggest difference really was the, you know that run game. You know, when you when you look at close to three hundred yards rushing versus forty seven for Zeke. Um, yeah. You know, they need Zeke to play well in order for them to win right now, just because. Like, you know, Ian alluded to without having those receivers to really, you know, help Amari Cooper. Um, you know, Cole Beasley can only do so much. I do like Gallup. I think he is a good option, but they're just missing. They're kind of like the coach. They're missing that one other playmaker 
um, yeah. that, you know, uh, can make them deadly. And I think we have just witnessed uh, the transition from Sean Lee to Van Der Esch. Because let me tell you, Van Der Esch can play. And the oh, one yeah. the one play that they needed that stop, I think it was like third and short, C.J. Anderson picked up plenty of yardage on the first down. He was not on the play. Um, he was not in the game. Um, mm. And many people were complaining, like, why would you have Sean Lee out there? You know, he ain't been playing for X amount of time. He, you know, he missed the play. Van Der Esch may have made the play. It could have. Who knows? Then the day, the Cowboys didn't do enough. Uh, Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue like ripped apart the Dallas offensive line. Yeah. Um, just completely dominated them. It was seven. It was a seventeen to nothing second quarter, which was huge for the Rams. Um, yeah, and and C.J. Anderson, the resurrected C.J. Anderson, uh, <laughs> a, a few weeks ago before the last few games of the regular season. You know, um, he was a afterthought. And now teams may be reaching out to the Rams uh, because, of course, they'll have Malcolm Brown come back next year. Um, mm. So who knows, you know, where C.J. Anderson may be. But this could have given him one more jolt uh, to get some more money and play uh, another couple of years because he looked really good. So, Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty easy formula with the Cowboys. They need a big game from Zeke and they need their defense to play really well. Yeah. Um, and that formula worked for a few weeks during the regular season. But in this game, it kind of all fell apart. Um, you know, to give up this many rushing yards um, and to split those between two different backs. I mean, you kind of expect Todd Gurley to do that, but C.J. Anderson be able to come in. I mean, there were moments during that game I forgot Todd Gurley was even playing. He was he was so yep. dominant. Seriously. Um, so it's just it's one of those. You know, the, the Cowboys. They, they they're actually similar to the Texas Longhorns. You kind of have this feeling, oh, they're back, we're back, Cowboys are back, and then they just keep doing cowboy things. Yeah. Um, so well, it looks like they're going to have another year. Jason Garrett looks like, um, you know, another year of Jerry Jones. Obviously, so it'll be interesting to see what they do in this off season. Um, Amari Cooper was a revelation for this team. Um, really gave them a threat that they needed. But I agree that they still need another. Um, Big time playmaker. Um, I think they. I think they really miss Jason Witten. Um, Absolutely, just reliable. He knows how to find the sticks. It seems like whenever they needed a first down, they could go to Jason Witten and get it. Um, but this defense, I think, really surprised a lot of people. Um, up and down, Vander Esch was a great pickup for them. Yep. Dexter Lawrence is a is a free agent this offseason that they're going to have to figure out how they're going to pay. Um, Jalen Smith. Um, was this, was, this, was this his first full year back from his knee injury? Uh, um, I, ooh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, anyway, he, I mean, him coming back at full strength, um, has really helped this defense as well. I think offense is where they need to try to find ways to get Ezekiel Elliott more involved in the offense, including the passing game, um, and get some more playmakers. But the Cowboys are actually, you know, I think earlier in the season, people were concerned about Dak Prescott as a starter moving forward, yeah. but. If, I think if you can surround him um, with the right talent and make sure that Ezekiel Elliott is a, is a center piece of this offense and it's not about Dak throwing 40, 50 times a game, I think you may have a good recipe for future success for them. Um, and the Rams are as good as we thought they were yep. um, early in the year. They were a team that we talked about um, as contenders for to get to the Super Bowl. Um, with some of the moves they made, Sue and Donald are just dom- they were just dominant in this game, and that's exactly what you need um, in the playoffs. And when you're facing elite quarterbacks, you need 
Um, a defensive line that's going to be able to bring pressure from the outside and on the inside. Um, and so with that, they've got a tough test next week, which we'll talk about, but the Rams are looking pretty good so far. Yep. And then we'll get to the last NFC game, the New Orleans Saints. Snuck by the defending Super Bowl champion, <sighs> Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I found myself rooting for the Eagles, even though I don't, I did not pick them in this game. Yes. Um, I was rooting for the Eagles to pull it out, but they fell a little short. Uh, how did the Saints do it? Fellas, let me break this game down for you in three plays. Uh, and, and this really honestly made the difference to me. First of all, the Eagles were up 14 to nothing in the first quarter. They were driving down to potentially score again, whether it be a field goal or a touchdown. And Nick Foles forced the ball to Zach Ertz, which ended up getting picked, um, which swung the complete whole momentum of the game. Because, again, mm. the Eagles did not score again after the first quarter. Second, mm. second thing that really changed this game, the Eagles, it was like third down. Eagles were on defense. <clears throat> the Saints... Um, ran the ball or something like that, did not get the first down. There was a holding call, and Doug Peterson had the choice to either make it to decline it and make it fourth and short, fourth and one, or to accept it and make it, you know, third and long. In my in my opinion, I think he should have accepted the penalty, made it third and long, to where if they don't get it, they'll probably have to punt. Whereas fourth and one, you know that the you know the Saints are probably gonna go for it. They faked the punt, got the first down, end up scoring. That was another huge momentum swing for them. And then, of course, toward the end, Eagles driving in like the, you know, Saints red zone, look to me looking like they're about to score. They snapped the ball before the two-minute warning, which was a mistake, um, because when you're playing the Saints, you can't give them any time left. You have to balance, you know, this whole, like, how fast do we score mentality. Um, because if you give them 30 seconds or more, they can get in field goal range at the snap of a finger. So they snapped the ball with like a second before the two-minute warning. Alshon Jeffrey, who's known to be a clutch receiver, drops the ball, ball game. Three plays that really determined the outcome of this game. I mean, other than that, um, the Eagles just disappeared offensively after the first quarter. Um, Foles ended up throwing two interceptions. Like it was just all Saints after the first quarter. Um, <clears throat> so you got to give it to the Saints. They, you know, dealt with some adversity early. Um, but time of possession, they literally ran the clock down. Um, I mean, I think they had the ball 15 more minutes than <clears throat> than the Eagles did. So I was rooting for the Eagles. They were my pick. Um, but I just like the story with the Eagles. I like what Nick Foles brings to this uh, team. But they didn't have enough, and uh, it's unfortunate. Alshon Jeffrey took the took the blame for the loss. That was a huge play, but overall they just couldn't score after the first quarter, which won't win you football games, especially against the Saints. So, but I think the the Eagles defense played well enough to win. They just you know couldn't get help from the offense. Yeah, and you had to you had to in a game like this, especially if you were uh, holding New or- holding New Orleans to twenty is is, is is that's nothing that's nothing to sniff at. No, not at um, all. Now, like you said, um, um, I mean, I don't know, but there's certain things that you, you're just not going to be able to deal with. And honestly, I mean, you know, Kamara, 100 yards from scrimmage. Um, Ingram didn't really get off, but they only went to him nine times. He still averaged about six yards a carry. Um, th- at this point, 
I, I know we've seen Breeze to Marcus Colston. We've seen Breeze to Reggie Bush. We've seen Breeze to Devery Henderson. We've seen Breeze to uh, what was the really speedy guy's name? I can't remember off off the top of my head, but um, but this Breeze to to you mean Ted Ginn? The, the, no, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely not Ted Ginn. Speedy receiver? Yeah. Dante Stallworth? No, 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 no. Kirkwood. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. He's not current roster. This is maybe a few years ago. Um, but this this breeze to Michael Thomas. Um, not only is the completion percentage bonkers, yeah. which I think it was above eighty percent uh, during a regular season, but uh, twelve catches, hundred seventy one, and a touch. I mean, and you know what's coming. He's yep. not only the number one receiver. But, I mean, he's he's going to get the most targets. Time and time again, they can't stop that guy. That's amazing to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, story of the game. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the run game is the story for the Eagles. Um, that being absent, um, it hampers them in every facet of the game. That's why every miraculous win is a miraculous win because they do not have a run game uh, to stand on and to sustain and to support Nick Foles, who I believe was, what, like 8 of 9 in the first quarter, had the touchdown, um, it ran for the other one, uh, and then from for the rest of the game, he is rendered ineffective. And so it's tough to see it happen like that. It's tough to see the end of the Nick Foles era in Philly, as uh, Doug Peterson has already announced that Wentz is going to be the starter there. Um, and essentially, this really kind of saved a lot of Philly <laughs> Philly front office people. Like, you know, they, they yeah. were sweating in the bra because they did not know what they were going to do. If Nick Foles even sniffed another Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? They would have no idea what to do with Carson not. Wentz. Um, but, Bring him to Cincinnati? Yeah. Tra- trade him back to the Browns. Hey, man, listen, we'll, we'll take him. <laughs> Baker and Baker and Wentz, Wentz a Baker. Okay, but we don't, uh, we don't need him. We need him in Cincinnati. <laughs> no, I, I would love to see Wentz in Cincinnati. Honestly, I think that's a good call. Uh, but Nick Falls is free because hey, they are actually, not paying him twenty four, twenty five million dollars to I be a backup. I wouldn't mind him. I honestly wouldn't mind him. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, you know, Philly took risks. Nick Foles is going to throw the ball down the field. He's not going to dink and dunk the whole game. Um, you know, it's, it's it's tough to see him go out like this. But New Orleans had more firepower. Well, you guys have effectively taken all of the talking points from this game. So uh, I'm just going to say that it's time to put Michael Thomas in that elite of the elite wide receiver conversation. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how the Saints do this. They get these guys in the second round or lower. I mean, Marcus Colston, who ended up being the all-time leading Saints receiver, was taken in. I don't even remember when, but he came out of Hofstra, um, and they turned him into a number one receiver. Michael Thomas is obviously of a much better pedigree, coming from Ohio State, um, a second-round pick, but he's just been huge for them. Um, and you know, when you have a, a wide receiver that's that dominant, it's it gives you, a, and then you have a quarterback like Drew Brees who can put it exactly where it needs to go. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to stop that seventh you round from Marcus Colston. Yeah, so uh, they, they just know how to find receivers that fit, there, especially big receivers that fit their system. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's unfortunate that the Eagle season is going to end this way, but um, they've got to have some decisions to make because, as with a lot of Super Bowl teams, they've got a big payroll. Um, they traded for Golden Tate. What are they going to do with him? Is he going to be back next year? Obviously, this Nick Foles situation, there's going to be a lot of teams willing to overpay to get him yeah. for a couple years. 
Um, and then they've got to, they've got to shore up this running game because that was a big sore point for them for most of the year. Um, Darren Sproles, this is his last year, so he'll be retiring. But they need to find somebody that that, that can come in um, and give them a spark on the ground to give that offense some balance. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, they will be a destination spot, so it won't be hard. Yeah. Uh, but they, they have to lure some 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 top talent uh, to get in there and to help out because I, I do believe Carson Wentz is an elite-level co- quarterback. I really do believe that. Um, but if you don't put talent around that guy and if yeah. you don't support him with somebody who can do something special, they, they particularly need a back that can catch the ball. Where is Shady McCoy? Um mm. No, bring him back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they gotta get they gotta get the ball. They gotta get him somebody he can check down to that can pick up some yards after the catch. So I'll, I'll you know be keeping tabs on that. Yep. Excuse me. So Keith, let's talk about our picks from this past weekend. How did we do? Yeah. Uh, so um, we all well actually Malcolm was three and one. And Ian and I were two and two. Uh, yeah, uh, Eagles disappointed me. So, uh, other than that, I should have picked the Pats, you know, like all of us should. But it's okay. Yep. I don't know that. why I picked the Colts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we were wondering the same thing. <laughs> I, I honestly and truly, I was like, okay, you know, maybe Marlon Mack will ride this way. Let, let's be honest. Nobody expected Kansas City's defense to be that good. No. 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 But there were a lot more people who, and nobody expected Andrew Luck to be that bad in addition. No. So there was there's a case to be made that you combine that with nobody else who thought Damian Williams would be that good. Uh 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 uh. uh, uh not no one. Not, there's at least uh, one person. Not, not that good now, Keith. Uh, uh, wait, oh, oh, oh. If, if if I asked you how many carries he got, would your answer have been twenty five? Uh no, but it probably would have been fifteen to twenty. <clears throat> Listen, okay. Which, again, you're talking which, to a guy who was saved by Damian Williams in fantasy. I've been paying attention to this guy, you know, ever since Green Month left. So I know. Believe. <sighs> All right. Well. <laughs> God bless the the fantasy guru that is keeping. <laughs> uh, so now it's time to do our picks for the conference oh, championship let's round. Do it. Let's do it. Let's do First it. First game: Patriots traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. I'm going to start off on this one, and you all guys all know why. I am not picking against the Chiefs again. Chiefs win. Chiefs win 45-40. to 40. Oh, life. Life, life, life. The conundrums that you present. <laughs> I, as I... As I drink this bitter cup of defeat and, <laughs> and I deal with the loss um, that I suffered last week and I'm faced with the reality that the Chiefs are just a juggernaut, I also recognize the mortality that we saw of one Patrick Mahomes, who made some amazing throws, let's be honest, uh, but also made some uh, through under, through behind, uh, you know, missed in a, in a variance of ways. I also look at the bizarre breakout game from Damian Williams 
that uh, regardless, <laughs> regardless of what Keith's fantasy says. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I mean, it was a great game. Uh, it was a great game. It was an out-of-body experience for him. But, but I look at what the Patriots did to one Melvin Gordon. I look at what the Patriots did to one Phillip Rivers. Um, and if Sonny Michelle is really coming to play like this, I think I am going to do what I don't want to do and pick the Patriots to beat the Chiefs <laughs> in a shootout, uh, 34 to 31. Oh my goodness. I don't know what to do. Um, it's a heart attack, man. This is, this is, these two games are the toughest to, to predict. Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm going to believe in the Chiefs. Oh god. Oh my goodness. Yep. I'm going to do it. I'm believing the Chiefs um because I believe that Mahomes can make enough plays um with his feet and his arms to keep keep plays alive. I think the the Chiefs will feed off their energy at home. Um, they'll pressure Tom Brady a little bit more so than um, the Chargers did, and I'll think they will squeak by with a 31 to 28 game on a uh, game-winning field goal because <gasps> they have a very good kicker in Harrison Bucker. I believe in him. And Bucker yeah. the kicker? Yes. Um, that is him. So yeah, that, I'm going with the Chiefs. I do not want more Dicker the Kicker references. No, um, let's not do it. Let's not. Uh, yo, oh, by the way, is 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 Mahomes? Is is it unanimous that he's MVP? Uh, yes, in my opinion. Uh, I uh, I want to say yes, but I have. Uh, I think it'll be close. I don't think it's going to be unanimous, but I think it's going to be close. Close, close to him him with, with luck. Uh, no, with Brees, actually. Oh, uh, no, mm. I don't think Brees is going to win it. <clears throat> I think Brees has got a shot. They, I don't know. Mm. I mean, they, they both got support and cast enough. I don't know. but um, All right, so let's go to the NFC. Speaking of those Saints, Ooh. the Los Angeles Rams travel to New Orleans. This is Both of these games are actually rematches yep. um, of the <clears throat> regular season matchups. Um, so which way are you guys going? Difference in the game, quarterback play, more consistent rushing attack, and who has the stud receiver? Um, Saints are going to win this game 40 to 24. 40 to 24? I got the Saints hanging something on this on this Rams defense. They I don't think they're expecting the aerial assault that's about to hit them, but I'm I'm looking at Kamara for a hundred plus receiving yards in this game. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Mal- okay. Malcolm. Um, I've gone back and forth two different times while we've been sitting here talking. Um, <laughs> but I am going to go with the Rams. Um, I think the Sheldon Rankins injury for the Saints is gonna come up big. Um, he's already been declared out, obviously, with his Achilles injury for this game. I forgot about um, that. And I just have a feeling that Donald and Sue, I don't, you can't stop, you can't really stop Drew Brees, but they're going to make things difficult enough. Um, and I think 
I think Sean McVay is going to have a good game plan to get his running game going, as well as getting the ball out to some of his playmakers. And uh, Akib Tlaib is going to be very important in how they try to control Michael Thomas um, in this game. I just think the Rams are going to pull off. I think this is their year, and they're going to win in advance to the Super Bowl by the score of 33-28. to Mm. Well, I guess I have to pick, huh, fellas? Um, you got to. All right. I'm um, I'm going to agree with Ian, and I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, only reason why I'm going to go with the Saints <clears throat> is because I believe that Jared Goff may make one or two mistakes that could cost him. Um, he wasn't mm-hmm. very, very good um, in the in this past game. Um, he was saved by the rushing attack that was with Anderson and Gurley. I really like the Rams' offense. I really do. I think if they had Cooper Cup, I'd probably be more inclined to pick them. Yep. Um, yep. But with the Saints rolling and they're at home, I think they'll they'll use that and they'll make their trip back to the Super Bowl. I'll have them scoring thirty five. No, no, no. I, I take that back. I'm gonna have the Rams scoring thirty. And I'm going to have the Rams scoring uh, 24. I think it'll be close. Um, but, yeah, uh, I just don't think. And I think that if you limit the Rams rushing attack, um, which, you know, the Saints did. Well, I mean, the Eagles really don't have a rushing attack. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. But if they limit Gurley and Anderson, the Rams are in trouble. So, We'll see. I really would prefer to see the Rams, but I think the Saints will pull it out. <clears throat> Those are our picks, and we're sticking to them. I forgot yep. about that ranking as an injury. Um, Do your research. Do your Googles. Well, Take that for data. I would not be surprised. I have the exact same feeling about Cooper Cup, Keith. Yep. If, if he's in this ball game, I think that complete offense makes enough of a difference. Yes. To actually put them over top and to keep the defense, you know, <laughs> guessing. So, man, he shall. Well, we've got a couple other NFL headlines to hit. Kyler Murray officially declared for the NFL draft, leaving his future in football or baseball up in the air. Yep. What do you guys see his? Where do you guys see his future being? NFL or in baseball? It's disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> you cannot win the hot <sighs> whatever. Um I don't I don't care where the guy goes. I, I hate to say it, I really don't I didn't ask you if you cared. I asked if you he, if he goes going. if he goes to the MLB, it's a smart money play. Um it preserves him as an athlete for longer. You can always go play football later. Um but I do think that he will go to the NFL. I think the, I think the his he he gets more face time, probably more endorse, endorsements, probably uh, way more notoriety if he goes the NFL route. And yeah, I mean athletes, you know, they have egos, uh, egos that they enjoy being stroked. And I think uh, ultimately, you know, the Not just their egos. Ultimately, the. Uh, Ultimately, the reality of uh, <laughs> of the stardom that that will come from the NFL ends up being the basis of the decision, which 
I don't. I still don't know if I would make you know MLB money is is and NBA money are are talking real good. But I you think mean he's NFL? Going, I think he's going to the Shield. Um, I think he's going to the NFL. But I would agree. I, if I were him, I would definitely take that MLB money, um, and save you know whatever brain he's going to have left after all them hits that he's taken <laughs> in high school and college. And, you know, I mean, because that's that's a that's a serious thing. You know, football is a very violent game. Now, you can have injuries in MLB, um, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, um, he could still have his sanity and a lot more money, um, even though the endorsements with football could be good. But I think that's why Oakland, you know, um, the A's, you know, um, front office tried to meet with them like, hey, listen, we'll try to make these things happen. We want you to play baseball. So if I were him, I would play baseball and get my money and rack up. But I think he he has this drive and hunger for football. And with the game changing a bit to give a little bit more success with quarterbacks who can still make plays with their feet, hence Patrick Mahomes, hence Lamar Jackson, even though he was terrible in the playoffs, um, Baker Mayfield. You know, Kyler has a shot. Not to say he'll be, you know, the – best or not to say that he'll be a phenomenal quarterback but I think he'll end up playing football so it just wouldn't be my choice I'd tell you that much well I'll tell you right now football will be my choice because baseball is boring as hell um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it really appears that Murray loves football yeah um, it does. from Texas um, you know a top rated recruit coming out for football um, it really looks like he loves football. Um, and the other thing to think about on the baseball side, players that rely on speed in baseball don't last. Their shelf life just isn't that long. Um, and that's a big part of what makes him a great baseball player is that he is so fast on the bases and fast defensively in the outfield. So um, you might be taking that into account too. You know, if you're if your ability to, to steal and run the bases is what you're going to make your money on, th- that window is really short. Um, we've seen it in baseball with a lot of guys um, coming in. That's their calling card. And then, you know, when their speed is gone, right before they enter their 30s, they're not much of a player anymore. So, um, you know, obviously the, the marketing and all that stuff in the NFL is a lot better in Major League Baseball. Um, and, you know, some people would even argue baseball is a little bit harder to break into. you got to go through the minors. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you don't really get your money until you get into the – into the major leagues and it could that could take three or four years. So that's probably why they that's probably why they met with him, Malcolm, you know, to try to get him something to where he's more enticed to, you know, look at mm-hmm. look at, you know, the MLB. You know, I'm, I'm trying to look up his mm-hmm. stats right now to see how well he hit the ball. Um but yeah, go ahead, Malcolm. Sorry. But yeah, I mean and I think a big part of it was that I don't think, you know, obviously every player feels like they could have a good season, but for him to have the season he had to win the Heisman Trophy, I don't think he honestly thought that he would have this good of a year. Um and for him to, you know, now be showing up this high on draft boards, you have to at least give it a shot right. and mm-hmm. see where you land and hey, you get drafted by a team you don't like, I'm gonna go play baseball. <laughs> and then you get drafted to the team and a coach you feel comfortable with, I'm gonna go play football. <laughs> So, um, you know, at least gives him options and he can figure it out um, as he goes along. But, you know, last thing I want to say is Boomer Sooner. And, well, and his hitting, his hitting isn't very bad. I mean, you know, he, he had a 296 average, you know, 10 home runs, 47 RBIs, 10 steals in his first 51 games. So, 
you know, he, he's not a bad hitter. So, you know, he'll have a little shelf life outside of just being a speedster. So we'll see. Well, we'll go ahead and go to the drama in Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown, rumors are flying that he is on his way out. I'm loving some of these rumors. Um, <laughs> so do you guys think he is gone from Pittsburgh, and where do you guys think he ends up? Oh, man, I wasn't prepared for where he's going to end up. But um, I tell you, here's the thing. Like, if you're Pittsburgh, you can't afford to lose out on Antonio Brown. He's a once-in-a-lifetime type of player. I mean, the, his ability, while being a shorter receiver, just to be elusive and to be able to bring in catches near the sideline, he's a toe-tap genius. Um, but it's oh, – gosh, I don't th- I don't think he goes anywhere, honestly. I really don't. I think somehow or another they're going to have to figure something out because that's what you would need to do with a guy like Antonio Brown. Um but if he were to be – because he'll still be under contract, which means he would have to be traded. Um, mm-hmm. If if And I'm trying to think about a team that would have the trade collateral to be able to, you know, um, to get him. I know one. Uh, listen, he's not going to Cleveland. I can tell you that much right now. <laughs> they're Come not on, gonna, bless him. They're not going to bless him. They're not going to trade him to any <laughs> AFC North team. Let me tell you that much right now. Um, if it, oh gosh, I don't even know. Honestly, um, maybe San Fran. Um, yeah, based on, based, on we some, back. based on some draft picks, maybe we back, um, baby. Or 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 potentially. I don't know what the Colts have to offer, but um, that would be huge for them if they could pull off a guy like A.B. for that squad. So I don't know, but I still see the Steelers as keeping him to figure something out. If I'm the Colts, I'm giving up whatever it takes. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to get Andrew Luck help, and help like that uh, is, is is nearly impossible to come by. So, um, yeah, Niners are, yeah, okay. We we, we back, baby. Whatever projections there are, uh, Keith, I will have you know the that the Browns are twice as likely to get him as the Bengals are. Hey, listen, um, I know we ain't getting them, so I ain't even I ain't even talking about my Bengals right now. You know, <laughs> don't nobody want to come but, to Cincinnati right now. Um, but I'm also I'm not interested in these odds makers. I don't know. They got Jets, Bills, Cardinals. I don't want to see him go to any of those whack quarterbacks. No, come to Cleveland. Let Baker Mayfield make it happen. There was some uh, there was some tweets earlier in the year between AB and Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, it's it won't be like the Des Bryant, <laughs> like the Des Bryant almost snafu. No, uh, 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 a wide receiver core of AB, Juice Landry, Antonio Callaway, throw in Duke Johnson. Getting Joku at the tight end, it it'd be beautiful. Uh, let's have make to it give happen. Up too much to get him, probably. We got we got picks galore. I think we got a twelve picks. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Pittsburgh, come <laughs> come and get it. They're not they're not trading. The they're not. No, they're no, absolutely no not. But they got to do something. Uh, he won't be going to Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians calling him <laughs> a diva. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, obviously I would love to see him in San Fran. I'd love to get him and Le'Veon Bell and just you know we back baby. But uh, the other team that we're not talking about, the Oakland Raiders, they have 
some extra picks they got no. from some of their deals. God, no. Um, Please, no. They would be, I don't want them to have them. I'm just talking about options, Keith. Relax. I uh, know. I'm Relax. just saying, I hope it doesn't happen. John Gruden, the finesse guy, could uh, finesse himself Antonio Brown um, as he's trying to um, actually win games next year. We'll see. Uh, he's obviously going to be a hot commodity this offseason. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely think he's gone. I mean, when you have the owner doing interviews talking about he doesn't see him back, um, I think that does all the communicating that you need to that you need to see. Um, and then, I mean, you think about it, him not playing in a game they had to win to make the playoffs. Um, I mean, that's just as telling as it, as it could be. Yep. I mean, teams put, teams put up with a lot for the sake of winning. Um, and the fact that they felt the need to, to not play him in that win or go home game, um, I think tells you how bad the relationship was. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, what do you guys think about this, though? Houston Texans. I would love it. What if oh, they package up? Package up? What? Maybe Demarius Thomas? Will Fuller? They'd have to probably give up Fuller. Which? Uh, I, I don't think they're. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey. but, well, at, at this point, both of those guys are damaged goods. So Pittsburgh would probably be like, nah. Yeah, give, not. give us, give us, give us. What's the name? Cootie is Cootie. Um, QT. QT. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I just we just don't. You don't see player for player trades in the NFL though. It's usually no. always draft picks. Yeah. You well, just no. don't see. That was just one piece. I mean, I know they would yeah. definitely want more back, but the thought, just the well, I mean, thought. I, I meant players at all. You usually don't see players for players. You know, even with draft picks, usually it's just players for draft picks. Well, it, it depends. I mean, if if Ben comes back, I think they will try to replenish. Or at least get him something. You still got Juju out there. You got the emergence of James Conner. You're still, you're still in a win position. So I think they got to get a player back. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. They definitely need a player back. Like I, I wouldn't see them just getting picks, especially unless it's like a top pick, um, like oh, a yeah. very high pick. Um, I wouldn't see it. So, and I don't see a receiver that is. That would really, I mean, maybe if they're just believing Juju would become their main guy, but they're probably going to need a receiver and maybe a pick or two, in my opinion, unless they went for something else, which I would doubt. They have James Conner. They have, you know, some running back, some other backs, you know, unless they went defensive guy, you know, but. I don't know. Be interesting to see. Yep. I see what I, I see what I said. So coaching hires. Um, let's just focus on the Browns and Bengals. Um, Browns made their pick. The Bengals allegedly have made their pick. Alleged. How are you guys? How are you guys feeling about those selections? Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. Freddie cooking in the kitchens for the Browns. Ian, how you feel? Uh, Freddie was. Huh. Uh, he's a pick that keeps the continuity. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with it from that aspect. It, it was not a wild decision. Uh, but the question becomes, do we need a wild decision? Baker's kind of galvanized that locker room. Um, and Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens was a part of that. And so, um, you know, it's possible that they struck out on what their first options were, even though John Dorsey kindly said that the committee was unanimous that Freddie Kitchens was the guy. Which I'm like that, you know, simmer down, Dorsey. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I don't mind it. Um, 
you know, I don't mind the other coaching hires that they that they have made to uh, to put around him. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just the 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 honestly the departure of Greg Williams is 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 a tough pill to swallow because I think that fire had a lot to do with the way that we finished the season, and I'm scared of where he is now anyway. But yeah, so that's that's where I am. Freddie's cool. I'm cool with it, um, but the playoff aspirations I have for next year are a little bit quelled by a first-year coach. I get you, bro. I get you. Um, you know, I am excited. Uh, I'm grateful that our my Bengals did not stay in the organization. I told you guys they would not get you. Thank the good Lord. Um, Man, that's disappointing. Shut up. It's got to really hurt. Um <laughs> You know, here's the thing I like about um, Taylor is that he's already working with a mediocre quarterback. Um, Jared Goff, by no means, is top 10. Um, and he has found a system between him and, you know, McVay to make this offense work and get Jared Goff in, in a system where he gets rid of the ball. He's got playmakers. He's got, you know, a great running back. Here's the deal. We've got, I believe, a top five running back in Joe Mixon. Um, a very good top eight, five. Absolutely, absolutely, no doubt. Top five. Mm. I put I put him against literally any any running back right now. You know, uh, t- you know, you got your Ty Gurley, Le'Veon Bell's. After that, it's really all you know subjective. And I think Mixon is that good. Um, so. You know, if we can stay healthy, you know, and get Dalton a good system where he's getting rid of the ball and finding some of these guys that we have and maybe surrounded with maybe one more playmaker, that could be exciting to see. Um, so I'm riding this wave of, you know, offensive minded young guys who could bring a whole level, a whole different level of energy. I'm just hoping that Mike Brown gives him, you know, full reins to really do what he would need to do. So I have a level of excitement. That's for sure. Yes, yes. Malcolm, you sound you it. sound surprised that I said top five. I am surprised you said top five. Uh, I mean, who who would be your top five after, running backs after um, after Le'Veon and I'm drawing a blank on Gurley first. Ty Gurley. Gurley, it, it gets a little it gets a little light. Yeah, it does. Uh, you can make a you can make an argument for like I think Zeke is a better running back than Mixon, so I put him in that top five. Kamara. No, you can't say Kamara's a better running back. No way. Uh, you cannot. Uh, he's a he's definitely a more dangerous weapon. Out of he's the a he's a more dangerous out of the backfield. He is not a better runner. Straight up, you know, like Mixon is. I mean, he's he's no slouch of a running back. I mean, it's he, not, no, it's not he's all not. Receiving yards, I just but, no, but I would not say he's a better running back than Joe Mixon is. Melvin Ingram is in the conversation. Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Melvin Gordon is in yeah, the conversation. Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um, Derrick Henry in Tennessee nope. is, is uh, he's a beast. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how, if he can carry that same energy again a full season. Let's see that. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like Sonny Michelle had a better or uh, uh, yeah, Sonny Michelle's looking really good. Listen, too. listen, you guys are talking about guys who are on very good teams. You got to remember the Bengals' offensive line is not very good, and Joe Mixon still balls. Um, you uh, put him with any of those teams, he is destroying. I'm telling you, this just is watch. also just this watch. is also a guy that had a very good year. We're also talking about guys mm. that have had more than talk one about good it. Year. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's why I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying going forward, I think he's a top five running back, and I think he's already proven that he is going to be that for a while. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we're not talking about guys who are proven. We're, I'm just talking about the talent that I see on the field and what he's producing with a very mediocre Bengal team. If he was on any other okay. team, like if he was with the Patriots, oh my goodness. I feel like, I ain't mad I at like you, you know? Is, well, I mean, Nick Chubb is a uh, okay. Right. I like Nick Chubb a lot. I really do. I'm 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 just no, I I, I okay, just to, I'll I'll be done. He he may be pound for pound a more talented runner, but I I give Mixon the nod hands down because what Mixon can do catching the ball puts him way over the top of anything that Chubb is touching right now. Well, that's because they don't even throw the ball to Chubb, honestly. They just throw the ball to Duke Johnson for the most part. Because he has he has brick hands at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, mean, I wouldn't say he has brick Keith, hands. I'm not, I'm not super mad at the pick. I mean, he's a Sooner. I mean, what do you expect? Oh, of it's course. Oh, you always comes, bring it back to that, don't you? Greatness <laughs> comes from Sooners. I don't, know, I don't know what else we even need to talk about. Um... <laughs> Let's try to get to a couple more topics. Let's talk about how James Harden is destroying the NBA right now. Goodness gracious. He is on a run the likes of which we have not seen. Um, Over the last five games, he's averaging 42 points, nine assists, eight, almost nine rebounds, um, shooting 34% from the three-point line, over 90% from the free throw line. Guys, what, what are we seeing here with this run that James Harden's on? First of all, let me tell you this much. I haven't even been watching much, but normally we would see a lot of travels. That's the first thing we would normally see. Um, So first of all, I want to know how many of those points came off travels. Did y'all see the game? Steph Curry was called for a travel for a move that James Harden makes every game. I thought that was very Mm -hmm. intriguing. But no, um, in all seriousness, James Harden is just a monstrous scorer. Um, And, you know, we're seeing a a tear of like a MVP, you know, worthy, you know, tear. It's, it's intriguing because I just don't know if, you know, if they still have Trevor reason the, in the squad they have last year, if we still see this, but Harden knows he needs to step up in order for this Houston team to have any chance of anything. So um, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see him uh, doing his thing. Yeah, I mean he's a bona fide hooper. Like it, it is, it's, it's, and you know Malcolm said, you know, the likes of which we've never seen. He literally just broke Kobe's record for thirty yeah. point games. But um, no, I like Keith. I'm be honest. Uh, James Harden was was high on my favorite list at OKC. High on my favorite list. You know, uh, it's his early few years in Houston. I you have like players grown, who choke in the finals. I have. <laughs> I like your the, favorite players. I liked. I liked his offensive uh, <laughs> variety and the fact that he played defense once upon a time. Once upon a time, when, oh, when, when he wore a Thunder know. jersey. I don't remember that. I don't remember <laughs> that either. Look, look, check the tape. He was playing some defense. <laughs> I don't remember back none of that. When he was a Thunder. When Ron Artest caught him with that that Super Saiyan elbow, it's because James Harden was picking him up full court. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing good. As Charles Barkley says, nothing good happens when you play in defense. Actually, he was on defense. I forgot. <laughs> I think I think Artest had just scored. My bad. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, so I, that's a true I, warrior right there. I honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing a game with a guy. And he stabbed the guy through the uh, 
Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Meta, to Meta World Peace. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I have tired of the double step backs, like Keith mentioned. I have and tired travels, of man. the of the weird travels, the flops. I've tired of the bad defense. Um, and honestly, even when I'm watching him, you know, we, we've seen these great scores. We've seen KDs. We've seen um, um, Kobe's. Even I, I enjoy watching pure scores like Brandon Roy more than I watch. I, I, I enjoy watching James Harden uh, just, just from a, you know, from a technical standpoint. You know, you know, whether it be footwork, uh, whether it be post moves, whether it be, you know, just just how they triple threat point of attacks, everything like that. But but when I look at how easy James Harden makes it look, when I look at I mean, this guy is literally he's driving to the hoop and I'm wondering how he's getting the space that he's getting when it seems telegraphed that they know where he's going and and it's not pushing off. He's he's not doing a bunch of illegal stuff to get there. The man just has incredible body control, the likes of which I don't know if I've ever seen. Um, the shooting touches is is already well documented, but um, it's seeing him take the ball to the rack the way that he does, creating space, um, the the creativity, getting getting these shots off. It, it is it really is something special and i've learned not to take those moments for granted so shout out to the beard a lot of stuff i don't like about this game but i can't take anything away from him he is definitely uh putting his team over the hump putting them on his back and i respect it yeah i watched the game uh january 3rd game with the uh, warriors um and it was one of the most amazing one-man performances i've ever seen where yeah. he just decided he just decided they were not going to lose to the Warriors, and he just hit tough shot after tough shot du- over double teams. Yep. I mean, it was it was incredible. And the last shot he hit, they tried to double team him at the three point line. He just got up an incredible shot in traffic over two people um, through I the foul. Through the, I mean, it was just it was incredible. Yeah. Um, the run he's on is just unprecedented, and they absolutely needed it to get some more momentum for this team as they're still missing Chris Paul. Now they lose Clint Capella for up to four weeks. Yep. Um, he's going to need to do that and, and more moving forward. Um, but I mean, it's hard to say that he's not the MVP this year yeah. with the way he's playing. He said he needs um, it. Man. And I, look earlier this year, I would say it would be Giannis or even maybe even Kawhi, but I think James Harden is just putting some distance between him and them right now. Yeah. Easily the best uh, two guard. Well, or let's just say guard because there's no no uh, position distinctions anymore um, <laughs> between him and Curry. Two of the the two best guards in the NBA right now. Um, so real quick, last thing we'll cover a couple big transfers in the works. Jalen Hurts is currently taking visits. Um, word on the street is Maryland is the favorite mm-hmm. to land him. And Tate Martell is taking visits as well. Where do you guys? How do you guys predict this transfer carousel will end? Uh, as I as I venture into the transfer portal, and uh, <laughs> the portals are open. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Um, the no, portals no, no. are open. It's the uh, the the Jalen Hurts really intrigues me. I really want to see him get a shot. Uh, so if it indeed be Maryland, which I ah, I don't want to see that, I thought there was another team that was mentioned that he might go to. Um, Maryland just I, I 
I don't see them putting a solid enough team where uh, I feel like he'll really get get the shot that he deserves. But um, ask Ohio State how solid that team is. Well, I ask Ohio State about Purdue as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. Uh, definitely watching for Jalen um, Tate Martell. You're a traitor, so I don't care. Um, yeah, I just I can see I can see Jalen Hurts at Maryland. Uh, I just you know seen some of the tape of him being at at the uh, Maryland basketball game for his visit. Um, that could be a decent you know like he won't he won't he probably won't do very well against you know Big Ten defenses you know um, like Ohio State like the you know uh, Michigan's of the world but we'll see. Secondly, Tate Martell, it's interesting about the coaching connection with Miami, Florida. That would probably mm-hmm. be an interesting move for him, especially with Rick gone and them needing a playmaker as well. So, I mean, I can see that. I really don't care where he goes. Like, it's just hilarious to me. Again, we already talked about it, how he was just talking all that energy like he's not worried you know he gonna be the starter oh let me go ahead and put myself in this transfer portal like I'm worried now um I'm I'm he's not reclaiming his time at all um so so, yeah that's that's um that's how I see it honestly it would be interesting to see Martell and what he does so yeah uh yeah I uh so it hurts. Um, Maryland makes a lot of sense. It just makes a lot of sense. Former OC at Alabama yep. is there. Yep. Um, it makes sense for him to go there if he feels comfortable. I also wouldn't be surprised if he ended up at TCU. He is from Texas. That's what I was um, thinking. And they need a quarterback. Um, they're really thin at that position, especially after Sean Robinson transferred. Um, talk, gosh, I, I say this every time we talk about him, but his season just completely bottomed out. Just completely. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Yep. The Ohio remember. State game, we were like, oh, he's the future. And then he just <laughs> got monstered. I don't know what happened. Um, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen Horned Frog in a while. <laughs> I haven't seen a Horned Frog. <laughs> uh, Tate Martell, he's got a he's he's a West Coast kid. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up um, UCLA as an option. They need a, playmaker, mm-hmm. a playmaking quarterback there to run Chip Kelly's system. Um, and then the other interesting couple interesting places, West Virginia could be an option. Um, they need a quarterback to replace Will Greer. Um, and Houston with Dana Holgerson um, Dana. recruited pretty hard. Uh, Houston is going to need a quarterback of the future to help run what Dana wants to do. Um, those are some interesting options. Another and more transfer news, Braden Winbush transferred from Notre Dame to U, uh, UCF. Yeah. Uh, uh, de- former defending national champion UCF. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think this means for Mackenzie Milton? Um, he's a junior. He does have eligibility left. Uh, but the fact that UCF was in on Brandon Winbush when they had, excuse me, a young quarterback already in the wings, what do you think that says about his health and availability for next year? I don't care. Next. Um, no, but I don't know, honestly. Like, I think I think this may he may be at the end of the road. Who who really knows? Honestly, I just it's all bad for him. Honestly, you know. See, that's why you don't go to Michigan. That's just what happens to you. Honestly, you know, it just all goes downhill from there. Um, so, yeah, I honestly don't know. It, it's it just happened. I guess we'll see. What did you say about going to Michigan? What <laughs> I'm confused. 
You said what? I said, you said something about Michigan? I'm confused. Wait, did you say speed? No. <laughs> oh, Wilton. I said Brandon Wimbush from Notre Dame. No, I know Wimbush. <laughs> what Wimbush. are you talking I'm about? Talking, listen, Jesus. Wimbush. But you, I, you, you asked about the other quarterback who was there. No, I asked about Brandon uh, Mackenzie Milton at UCF. Yes, yes, I completely confused him. That's my bad. <laughs> uh, that's that's my bad. Uh, you just end it. So uh, uh, we didn't even man. have to. We didn't have to. Oh, no. Um, uh, in regard to Milton and Wimbush, I, I was thinking competition. Um, you know, it, I, that was that was the best that I had. Unless they just know something that we don't know. And he's about to make a move or something, but um, I think you know having you know just keeping competitive edge because I I, I don't really I, I don't know if you just give Wimbush that job. Uh, yeah, I mean he's not proven at all. So, and now how long is how long is Milton out? We don't know. No, okay, that's know. that's I mean yeah. So I mean yeah, insurance is there, but I was just you know. Uh, first thought came to mind when I when I looked at it. I was like, "Well, maybe it's a competition thing." Unless they just fear that he will not be able to to make it for camp or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they just tell him to sit this year out. Um, Medical red shirt, baby. Medical. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it looks like he. You know, they're doing nerve tests and stuff like that, which means it's a it's a pretty serious injury. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, I think they want him. To, the The main thing is for him just to come back if he comes back at all to come back healthy. So take a year, you know, go really dive into your rehab, and then US, UCF could stay afloat between this quarterback competition with Brandon Winbush and this young quarterback they played last year, whose name is escaping me. Um, and they can go to see if they can uh, win another. Fake national championship, fake yeah. baby. But like, like I said earlier, <laughs> it's, it's it's heads up by Wimbush though. Yeah, uh, that's find that's, that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, find that opportunity. Your, All right, your well, vulture, new vulture, new vulture. And apparently, advice from Keith is don't go to Michigan, <laughs> even if you didn't go there. Seriously, that's right, Keith. Keith's advice. Just, even can, if you didn't go there, don't. This is what you get, I guess. I completely, I don't know why I confused him and Speed for like some reason. I was like, wait, why did he say, is he there? I was like, did I miss something? No, <laughs> I just worry. got the name we'll wrong. Just, I will be sure to not forget it like you guys never forget it. <laughs> Not it's all right. How, how's Duke? How's Duke basketball doing right now? All right. Don't stop. Last topic for the day. Um, big thing going on this weekend that I think everybody's going to be paying attention to. Um, I think we've all been waiting for this, and oh, it's God. it's time. The problem. A- Adrian Broner is uh, taking on oh my Manny Pacquiao. Oh my gosh. Let's start. Let's start with our uh, Cincinnati reporter Keith Turner, who's outside <laughs> the Broner Estate in Cincinnati. Um, Keith, are you going? You going home team? How you feeling? Absolutely not. Let me tell you this much. How's the champ doing? I hope I hope Andrew Brown gets knocked out by the third or fourth round. I'm not even playing with you. Um, I really do. Um, Manny Pacquiao needs to shut him up. You know, it, it's so hilarious. This guy just keeps talking, and he has been beaten a few times pretty badly. Um, you know, coming in our Apple store thinking he's the champ and he ain't the champ. You know, trying to – he just he just aggravates me. His whole existence aggravates me. Um, 
you know, he'd be going on videos and talking about beating up Mexicans, and oh, he's just an embarrassment to our city. So, do I hope he gets knocked out? Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I don't care at this point that he's from Ohio. I don't care where he's from. I just want to see him get get whipped. Um, and Manny Pacquiao, hopefully, I think he's still got it. You know, so yeah, that's all I've got for you guys, honestly. Yeah, I really, I really don't want to pick this fight because I don't care. But I just, I just wanted to see Keith uh, have, to, <laughs> have to address his uh, Cincinnati Pac- brethren. Pac-Man. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we are going to move into our final words for tonight. I'm really excited about my final words, and Watch I will start. be. Nope, I'm going to finish out. I have to finish. We have to finish strong with the. Uh, Strong leg on the relay. Oh, so we're going to start off with so Ian. Get us off to a good start. <laughs> Ian, he called you the weakest link. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all good. It's I all can't good. believe that. Um, I'm going to rise to the occasion like 12. Because actually my, start, <laughs> my, my final shout out was going to be for our very own Malcolm Morgan. Uh, oh, it was literally to uh, to shout him out, not only for navigating the wild seas as our conductor, our captain of this here uh, wonderful three and one um, yacht that we get to uh, that we get to take a ride on, but uh, for his resiliency, for being able to uh, to stick to his guns and not uh, supporting the no fun league and their Woo! ratings all throughout the year. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, an eventful football season. Lots of drama, lots of headlines, lots of lots of player complaining, lots of coach movement. Um, it's been a carousel in, the, in a matter of ways. But, you know, just stuck to his guns until that yep. man cap uh, is treated is treated properly, man. And I'm really hoping in the offseason we'll hear something, even though I'm I'm seriously doubting it'll ever Not happen. Not optimistic. Nope. Um, Not But, yeah. Optimistic. Yeah, so that was it. Um, I'm totally regretting this at this point because I have been thoroughly insulted. And <laughs> right. um, I'm never, never coming back to this church again. Thank you. <laughs> I'm tired of this church. Uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm tired of this church. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, shouts out to you, bro. That's, uh, that, that's strong stuff. Wow, I am. I just like to thank God who is true. <laughs> All right. And, um, now, sorry. Are you watching the Super Bowl? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I oh, watched okay. Super Bowl last year. Yeah, all right. I'm just curious. It's the one. It's the one they get. My, my little one rating doesn't matter at that point. <laughs> half the world is watching. I'm just here um, for the commercials. I'm oh, just man. here for the commercials, and I'm not here for the halftime show at all. I'm not excited Who's about performing? Uh, Travis Scott and Maroon Five. They gotta chill. They they have to chill. <laughs> stop with Maroon Five and Coldplay and Switchblade and like stop it, How man. We, is it is, isn't it in Atlanta? It's in Atlanta, right? How do we get Maroon Five? How do we? How do we not get an Outcast reunion? <laughs> Yo. But honestly, at this point, it is better than them trouncing out little Yachty or what's just yeah. The king of RB. <laughs> the king, respect the king. Do I sound wrong? Because I don't want to I don't want I don't want to have time full of mumble rap. I really don't. Oh, I don't either. <laughs> no way. All right. We're getting distracted. Keith, give us your parting words. Hey, I'd like to just give a shout out to Andrew Whitworth, who won his very first playoff game with the Rams uh this past Saturday. Um, Andrew, I know how painful it was 
being with the Bengals all them years, and we couldn't win one single playoff game. But you finally got one, and I'm sure it tastes very sweet. Um, and you deserve it. Your class act, you know, a great offensive lineman. You made some great plays uh, for your team this past weekend. So from all of the Bengal fans here who've rooted for you all these years um, and seen you do so much in the community, you definitely deserve this playoff victory. Um, and I am, even though I picked against you, I am rooting for you all to get another one uh, this weekend as well. I did not think you were going to go that direction. That's great, Keith. Go Andrew Whitworth. I actually remember him playing for the Bengals. That's right. Um, my parting words, it goes to our favorite athlete. I think this is, this is America's athlete right here. And that is one Timothy Onassis Tebow. I just made up that middle name. That's not his middle name. Um, the Lord has been really good to Tim. You know, he <laughs> had a Hall of Fame career in Florida. Um, you know, a up and down career in the NFL that did include a big playoff win. He's now pursuing a baseball career, television personality, and now he can add. Soon he will be a husband. Praise to yes. one Miss former Miss Universe. Yep, yep, yep. Miss Demi Lee Nail Peters, <laughs> I, I just the Lord has been really good to Tim Tebow. Won't he and I just, I just want to commend Mr. Tebow for when you have on your resume that you're even dating a Miss Universe, but now you're married to Miss. Like, how do you even? What can you even say to that man at this point? The Lord is good. The Lord. The Lord is good. Ha. The Lord is good. Timmy, we miss you in the NFL. I might watch if he was playing in the NFL right now. <laughs> I might be watching. If he was the quarterback for the Rams right now, I'd probably be watching. Um, but shout out to Tim Tebow. Um, hope he finds happiness. Hope he can make it to the major leagues, even though I will not be watching that ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope that he is able to continue his pro dreams and living out his Miss Universe fantasies as well. <laughs> And that is the end of our show today. What? <laughs> From <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, man. Ian. International, excuse me. International Ian Lamont Morgan. 216. 216, what up? And in Cincinnati, Mr. Keith, that same energy himself. Keith Turner Jr. Yes. Everyone have a great week. Take care of yourself. Spread some and, love. And here in the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Yo boy. Thank you all for listening to the 3-in-1 podcast. We'll see you all next time.